Coming up on the Assassin's Podcast, we've got the consumer fintech assassin, Henry Shi, co-founder of Super, joining the show to talk about how Super's democratizing the miles, points, and reward space, and how the company's thought about customer segmentation. We follow that up with Henry and his co-founder, Hussein, talking about finding PM fit for their consumer-focused startup, and then Henry's thoughts on how that process differs from finding PM fit and building a B2B company. We go back in time, we talk about Super's initial focus on the travel vertical and what Henry learned in the process of shipping their first product that helped them accelerate the growth of the business and then eventually expand into other product verticals to help consumers save. And then we get into financing, we talk about how Super secured over $100 million in financing and landed the real baby-faced assassin, Steph Curry, as an investor in the business. And then we round it out to talk about product market model channel, PMMC fit, and getting all four of those things right to build a $100 million plus business. This is a full episode. Henry's a brilliant guy, and the journey that Super's been on one is super inspirational. It's going to be a great episode. So without further ado, assassins, let's get into the show. Get you up. What is going on, everybody? Happy Friday. It's your host, Justin Vandehey, here at the Assassin's Podcast, where every week we have founders on the show talking about their journeys, taking their ventures from zero to one. This week on the podcast, got a special guest on. He's a serial entrepreneur, Forbes 30 Under 30, EY's Entrepreneur of the Year, and leading one of the fastest growing consumer commerce companies in the game at Super. Henry Shi, co-founder of Super, welcome to the Assassins Podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great, great to be here and happy to share our story and insights and anything we can help to pass along to other founders or other people in the audience. For sure. We uh acknowledging this out front, we we haven't had a ton of consumer assassins. We'll call them consumer assassins on the show. I know it's a lot of B2B conversations, but that's why I was so keen to have you on because I've I know we got connected. I th- actually think we walked the food court at Westfield almost like eight years ago when you were getting the business off the ground, which is pretty cool. Uh, and I feel that just, I feel old just saying that, but before we get into the journey behind where you guys are at today, I'd love to hear just a little maybe about your general background and for listeners that maybe aren't aware, what is super and your journey starting the company? Yeah, sure. So I'm Henry co-founder of super, super.com. I'm a sales entrepreneur. It's my third company. I've been building startups for over 10 years, mostly in the consumer, consumer tech space. And yeah, I just love building products and you can talk to users, create things, do a test, get feedback, iterate, learn quickly, and just incredible experience of working with great people 
um, on a common mission and create something in the world that maybe never would have existed. So that's been really exciting, and especially in consumer tech, because you can make a lot of impact to a lot of people. So it's been a really exciting journey learning. In the super.com, what we do is we're a B2C mobile commerce fintech company. We help customers save money on travel, e-commerce, and with a wallet. So the easiest analogy to think about it is like American Express for everybody else, where you can spend money, get discounts, build credit, get access, but it's available for everybody. So instead of being a premium, expensive niche product, we help people who are underserved, lower income, lower credit, help them, help them get access. So that's from rich rewards, cash back, credit building, discounts, and for an audience of people who really need to save money. So that's what we do. We're over 30 million users, do over a billion total sales, and continue to grow. So it's been exciting growing the company. Yeah, I remember when we first caught up in the mall, I remember that you all were really narrowly initially focused on the travel vertical. And so I was curious just to learn a little bit more about what led you and and the team to start there. And how did you all think about sort of category expansion as, as time went on? Because I know you got you all cover quite a few different verticals yeah. or use cases now. Yep, yep. So on the travel side, that was when we first started the company, just a single vertical. Right. And it was kind of this evolution and kind of how we originally connected was in the chatbot space. You know, our very first iteration was a chatbot to help people get travel and sort of concierge and things like that. But what we learned over time is it it was less about the medium, but more about what we were actually offering for our customers, a way to easy way to save and get discounts and access. So we really focused on that, helping our customers save. And over the journey of growing a single vertical, we realized one, there's a lot of people who need to save money, uh, you know, much, much more than we thought or we understood. And then two is there are way more ways we can help them save and get access than just travel. Travel is great, but you're only traveling once, twice, three times a year uh, versus you know spending money or shopping. You're doing that every single day, week or month, right? So we thought, how do we help our customers in much more in a much more retentive and engaging and active way than just travel? So really expanded that beyond travel. And if you look at the world of miles, points, rewards, credit cards, and whatnot. that's a massive space. Half of Marriott sales are from points, but if you don't have access to credits and rewards and benefits, you don't have points and rewards and the whole world is shut off to you. But the whole irony of the, the situation is anybody who has an Amex doesn't really need one. Anybody who needs one can get one. Right? So it's like, how do we take that world of travel, rewards, miles, points, status, experiences, benefits and make it available for the people who actually need it the most, you know, the 75, 100 million Americans who actually need to save money and don't have access. And that's kind of the expansion, focus on our customers, impact we can make and expanding the ways we can help them. We talked earlier about a lot of founders on the show that are really more focused on the B2B use cases, solving, you know, problems for businesses. Obviously, y'all are in consumer commerce, a consumer fintech company. And for B2B companies, you know, the approach to finding PM fit is it, it tends to be pretty similar when those companies are looking to get their first 10 customers. As a as the co-founder of a consumer-driven startup, I'd love to hear, you know, how you and Hussein thought about finding PM fit in the early days. What did that process look like? So what are the differences that you see across consumer and B2B? And then a related question to that is, what were some of the early signals that you guys got from your users that let you know that you were onto something pretty massive? Yeah, so, um, so I've never, to be fair, I never built a B2B company before, so I, it's a little hard for me to compare and contrast. I do think there are lots of similarities. You know, you want to build something people want, and ultimately a consumer is someone, whether it's a person or a business or SMB, 
you want to build something people want, you want to build something that solves a problem. But I think some of the, you know, some of the details are a little different, right? So my understanding with B2B is there's a lot of customer discovery, like interviews, talking to people in certain roles. If you're building a company for accountants, you want to talk to a lot of accountants or things like that. Whereas with B2C, it's because it's more mass sale consumer driven, you can take a little bit more of a scientific approach. Right, you obviously, you talk to customers always, but at the same time, you can run a lot of experiments, right? Because you're talking, targeting the average, you know, person, especially in our case. So you, what we do is we just run a lot of experiments, different landing pages, different copies, different ad units. You look at the data, right? What does the funnel tell you? What are the, where do they drop off? What do they get confused? And you follow up with, you know, interviews and deep dives and whatnot, but you can take a, I think a much more data-driven approach to get feedback and test more things quicker. It just costs a little bit of budget, but Beyond that, you can do a lot of experiments. So we we did that on our first day and we still do it today when we're launching new products and new verticals and new programs is looking at data, like seeing how people interact. Are they willing to pay? Are they willing to give you the credit card? And what does that you know engagement look like? What does that retention look like? So a lot of those things, I think we can take a scientific lens to it because you have just more data, more users and more like metrics and funnels. Yeah, it's interesting because when finding product market fit for Disco, we talk a lot about the ICP, thinking about what is the profile of the business that you're selling into. I got to imagine it's 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 got to be 10 times more challenging in a consumer business because there's just so many unique character traits about how people buy and just human behavior, aside from entities, organizational size, or maybe the vertical that they sell into. So with super... Do you, did you have a defined segmentation strategy or how did you guys think about sort of the personas that you were you were building for and maybe how has that changed over time if you can speak to that yeah yeah i mean uh, i think we a lot of times you start broad to just understand I mean, you have a hypothesis but you, you kind of test the waters right to see which segment of the audience you're targeting resonate the best has the highest conversion or engagement or retention uh, and then you start to investigate more so for us we started off with general savings. And then we realized that our most loyal customers were people who really needed to save money, who didn't have a lot of access. And we wanted to focus on that segment, which is a very large segment, and also offer them more things. So really, it's kind of looking at data, understanding different engagement, the cohorts, the retention, and seeing which ones really resonate and get value from the product. And how do we improve, increase that value by offering more things, introducing more services. Okay. Super raised over 100 million through its Series B. I know y'all have been growing like crazy. I read Hussein, there was a write-up on just like how you all persevered through the pandemic. I know travel obviously took a big hit. Most importantly though, you had one notable investor on Super's cap table, none other than the two-time NBA MVP, four-time NBA finals champion, called him the real baby-faced assassin, Steph Curry. I've been trying to take that nickname, but Steph seems seems to own that. So was curious to hear how the heck you guys landed Steph as an investor, number one. And then number two is like, what's it like working with probably the greatest shooting guard of all time? Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's a common question. You know, a lot of these things is through people, you know, in the network, right? So when we were raising our, I guess, series A push, we, one of our investors, Telstra Ventures, they had just done a deal with Steph before. So they introduced us to his, I guess, fund manager at the time. And we pitched him. He showed up to Steph. Steph really liked it. So he got involved. So yeah, it was it was great. And he's been a great investor for us. Has been really helpful in terms of 
building credibility, hiring, getting people excited. He also represented our company a little bit, wore a super hat at the playoffs. So it's just really exciting, small things like that. It's been great. And I think, you know, from a Valley's perspective, very like down to earth, humble, hardworking guy. And I think, you know, kind of re- resonates with a lot of our values and how we run as a company. All right. Rounding this out, I've been asking this question of serial entrepreneurs, and I know you've done this three times, you mentioned. What's one thing that you wish Henry, the co-founder of Super, would tell Henry, the earlier sure. co-founder of you mentioned? So many learnings. I think thinking about not just product market fit, but the, there's a framework called the product market model channel fit. I think it's a great framework and you know part of Brian Balfour and Reforged, right? It really talks about the four fits and getting all four right to build a $100 million plus business. So I think my last company was a pure social mobile local business. I had a lot of growth, a lot of users, but it didn't really monetize. And I think we're missing the model uh, part of the PMMC fit. So in the new framework on PMMC, it's really about getting both the product, the market, the model, and the channel correct and how all four of these fits fit together to scale, getting the right product for the right channel, the right model for that channel, and how they all interact. So I think that's a great learning and sort of experience, experiencing that firsthand. So definitely I would I would tell that to my younger self. All right, dude, we'll try to get you out of here because I know you're running a million miles a minute. I just wanted to give you some space too. Is there anything else that you want to that you wanted to plug? No, it's great. I mean, yeah, it's good to be here and hopefully shared some interesting insights or perspective. Yeah, you know, if you're interested, we're always hiring great people, super.com slash careers. Check that out. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. All right, dude. Well, uh, we'll keep up. I appreciate you. And it's been awesome to watch just how the business has evolved over the last couple of years. Just thinking back to uh, hitting up those free samples in the Westfield food court to... Uh, <laughs> to y'all sitting courtside. So that's pretty cool to see you guys really doing your thing. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Have a good one. Appreciate it. All right. That is a wrap. Appreciate Henry She jumping on the show. Big shout out to the team at Super. Man, I can't believe it's it's been eight years. It feels like yesterday we were walking around Westfield trying to figure out what the hell we were doing with our businesses, but incredibly proud of that team and, and awesome to see what Henry's built in that time. We got a big week coming up on the Assassins Podcast. A really incredible guest coming on Friday. Uh, we met in Boston a couple weeks back. He is one of the most incredible content creators focused on the sports vertical. But if you are building a content business, whether that be a newsletter, a podcast, you're trying to establish a brand, he is the dude that you want to hear from. So you're going to want to tune into that. Appreciate everyone listening every week in the meantime keep hustling keep grinding keep getting that money see them dollar signs hustle grind assassin state of mind hustle grind see them dollar signs assassin state of mind assassin state of mind hustle grind see them dollar signs way above the bottom line assassin state of mind hustle grind See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin state of mind. They say money over everything, everything, Asian the game. Shopping for a wedding ring, salary, startups, crypto, stock exchange. Appreciate every penny, pocket change, one phone call. 
and your life can change. What's your love language? Can't do business if it ain't reciprocated.